adults keep saying we owe it to the young people to give them hope but i don't want your hope i don't want you to be hopeful i want you to panic i want you to feel the fear i feel every day i want you to act i want you to act as you would in a crisis i want you to act as if the house is on fire because it is said by greta thunberg 17 year old swedish activist welcome back listeners to the new episode of talking climate change with yashnegi in this episode we will talk about united nations framework convention on climate change unfccc let's begin but before before jumping on into this topic of podcast i would like you to say that you make sure to hear kyoto protocol and paris agreement podcast before this one in order to understand what is united nations framework convention on climate change so let's begin so as we all know that it is an international environmental treaty adopted and implemented by countries all around the world in 1994 to address the issue of climate change so the 197 countries that ratified the agreement represent almost universal global involvement the united nations framework convention on climate change state that its objective are to stabilize greenhouse gas concentration in the atmosphere at a level that would prevent dangerous anthropogenic interference with the climate system and prevent human damage and interference with the climate system ratified in 1992 the united nations framework convention on climate change is the first global treaty addressing climate change that created this organization it meets yearly to discuss progress and take bold action The Kyoto Protocol and more recent Paris Agreement are other landmark treaties that have emerged from these annual meetings. Imori has sent delegations to COP21 in Paris, France in 2015 and COP22 in Morocco in Marrakech, Morocco in 2016. Under the treaty, industrialized countries are expected to be in forefront of reducing emission. They also have agreed to provide financial support to developing countries to mitigate the impact of climate change. The Global Environment Facility oversees a system of grants and loans to channel assistance to emerging economies. Industrialized countries also have to report regularly on their climate change policies and provide annual inventories of greenhouse gas emissions since 1990. Developing countries also are required to report their action to address and adapt to climate change. The UNFCCC acknowledges that developing nations' share of emissions is likely to grow. although it strives to help these countries contain emissions so as not to weaken their economies in their initial years of the treaty the organization emphasized mitigation of climate change rather than adaptation adaptation to establish with the climate change impact with more certainty however recently the unfccc has worked to support and fund adaptation policies achieved achieving the objective would require both abatement of greenhouse gas emission and facilitation of adaptation to adverse impacts of climate change in order to enable sustainable development stabilizing greenhouse gas concentration in the atmosphere requires that net greenhouse gas emission the balance of gross emission of ghg to the atmosphere and removals of greenhouse gases from the atmosphere reach net zero or carbon neutrality Removal and sequestration can occur by photosynthesis uh, it can be vegetation and sea algae or through advanced technologies some increased level of removal or sink could allow for small some amount of human related greenhouse gas emission to continue 
the United States and other parties to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change agreed to this objective when they ratified the treaty. As a framework convention, this international treaty provides the structure for collaboration and evolution of efforts over decades, as well as the first qualitative step in that collaboration. The United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change does not, however, include quantitative and enforceable objective and commitments for any party. The United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change was adopted in 1992 and entered into force in 1994. The UNFCCC governing body, the Conference of the Parties, also known as COP, met in its 25th session, which is COP25, from December 2, 2 to December 13, 2019, in Madrid, Spain. Initially, Chilean President Sebastian stepped forward to host COP25 in place of Brazil, following the election of President Jair Bolsonaro. Pinera sought to underscore his efforts to address climate change but ultimately decided that summit should take place elsewhere due to mass protests in Chile. All parties to the UNFCCC, including the United States, have a set of common obligations under the treaty, which is to inventory, report and mitigate their human-related greenhouse gas emissions, including emissions and removals from land uses, to cooperate in preparing to adapt to climate change, and to assess and review through the COP the effective implementation of UNFCCC, including the commitments therein. Certain obligations are additional or more specific for the countries that had higher incomes in 1992, and those countries are listed in Annex 1 of the agreement. They are commonly referred to as Annex 1 parties. All other are non-Annex 1 parties. These additional or more specific obligations included more frequent reporting and providing financing and technology transfers among others. Climate change has major impacts on biodiversity. Climate change biology provides a science that underpins conservation responses to this challenge because one of the most important responses is reducing climate change. Climate change biologists need to be aware of climate policy and the relevance of their work to important policy level. Because conservation of biodiversity may require aggressive measures to control climate change, it is also important for climate change biologists to be aware of the available technologies for combating climate change and their constraints. The international mechanism for addressing climate change is the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. This convention has been ratified by a broad cross-section of both developed and developing countries including the United States. As we all know that the goal of convention is to prevent dangerous human interference in the climate system. Achieving this goal is controversial despite the broad international consensus behind the convention. The Kyoto Protocol is the first set of international rules designed to implement the UNFCCC. Kyoto is the name of the Japanese city in which the protocol was negotiated, but it is now commonly used in climate change discussion to refer to the protocol itself. The Kyoto Protocol entered into force following ratification by Russia in February 2005. The United States has refused to ratify Kyoto, leaving the largest emitter of greenhouse gas emission outside of the protocol designed to contain the problem. The UNFCCC recognizes the importance of biological system in assessing when climate change must be stopped. The convention benchmark of dangerous interference is measured against three arenas of impact, sustainability development, agricultural productivity, and ecosystem response. The convention states that climate change should be arrested in a time frame that allows ecosystem to adapt naturally to climate change, does not 
impede sustainable development and maintains agricultural productivity. Interpretation of UNFCCC language on ecosystem adaptation is problematic because human-induced climate change may be different in magnitude and speed from past climate changes. It may therefore be impossible to establish a baseline against which to measure ecosystem ability to adapt naturally. Furthermore, natural adaptation in biological system is a function of both magnitude and speed of change. So the UNFCCC em emphasis on speed leaves ambiguity but about assessing magnitudes of change. Nonetheless, it is clear that human-induced extinction violates the spirit of the ADAPT naturally standard. So the current emphasis on extinction risk from climate change is very relevant to the international policy established by the UNFCCC. The Kyoto Protocol is the first implementing agreement of the UNFCCC. Although most countries including the United States have ratified the UNFCCC, the United States never ratified the Kyoto Rule. The Kyoto Protocol entered into effect in February 2005 with the ratification of Russia. Kyoto set emission reductions targets for 37 industrialized countries. The carbon market established on its rat ratification has provided strong precedent for trading in emission reductions. The emission reduction of Kyoto are modest, generally less than 10% of 1990 levels, but the agreement and its widespread acceptance 184 countries have ratified provide important international momentum for action on climate change. Let us talk about NGOs involvement in the UNFCCC. The UNFCCC was adopted by more than 160 countries at the Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro and this agreement forged the first international work plan to address climate change. The ultimate objective of the treaty is the stabilization of greenhouse gas concentrations in the atmosphere at a level that would prevent dangerous anthropogenic interference with the climate system. In practical terms, this statement implies a significant drop in greenhouse gas emission that cannot occur without significant changes and reforms in energy policies and technologies worldwide, inevitably leading to complex and contentious negotiations among countries. NGOs have interfaced with this negotiation process in a number of ways, including directly lobbying government delegates, presenting position papers to the Climate Convention Secretariat and parties, making statements during the plenary and organizing thematic side events using, social, using the media to exert public pressure on the delegates and providing technical policy and scientific advice to the delega delegation. Although it is generally difficult to quantify the impact of NGOs, their relevant contribution to the debate, including policy analysis, position paper, fact sheets, scientific research and economic analysis of mitigation options in the energy sector. Among other input have been recognized by the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change Secretariat as well as by the government which are gradually including a large number of NGOs in their official delegations. Over time, NGOs have gradually become more effective at networking by working together with their counterparts from various parts of the world Increased funding from foundation and from bilateral, multilateral and private sources combined with North-South joint fundraising has increased NGOs' ability to travel and ensure a continued and consistent presence during more than a decade of climate negotiations. Let us talk about institutional agreements. The first is the Conference of the Parties, also known as COP. Article 7.2 defines the COP as the supreme body of the convention as it is the highest decision-making authority. 
the climate change process revolves around the annual sessions of the cop second cop president and bureau the office of the cop president normally rotates among the five united nations regional group the president is usually the environment minister of his or her home country she or he is elected by acclamation immediately after the opening of a cop session their role is to facilitate the work of the cop and promote agreements among parties the work of the cop and each subsidiary body is guided by an elected bureau to ensure continuity it serves not only during sessions but between sessions as well subsidiary bodies which is also known as sb the convention established two permanent subsidiary bodies namely the subsidiary body for scientific and technolo- technological advice which is sbsta by article 9 and the second is the sec- subsidiary body for implementation which is sbi by article 10 these bodies advise the cop the sbsta task is to provide the cop with timely advice on scientific and technological matter relating to the convention and the sbi's task is to assist the cop in the assessment and review of the effective implementation of the convention fourth the secretariat the secretariat also known as a climate change secretariat services the cop the subsidiary bodies the bureau and other bodies established by the cop other bodies have been set up by the cop to undertake specific task these bodies report back to the cop when they complete their work cop 1 established two ad hoc group to conduct negotiation on specific issues cop 11 established the dialogue to exchange experiences and anal- analyze strategic approaches for long term cooperative action to address climate change let us discuss about the achievements kyoto protocol only required wealthy nation to cut emissions which was a bone of contention however this anomaly was corrected with the signing of paris agreement in 2015 unfccc initiatives helped create public awareness regarding climate change which is much higher than in the late 90s although climate science in the late 90s was certainly strong enough to negotiate an international treaty it is hard to deny that the scientific understanding of the climate crisis has improved considerably over the past two decades in which unfccc played a significant role UNFCCC has enabled planning and implementation of concrete adaptation activities under the National Adaptation Program of Action (NAPAS) and the Nairobi Work Program. UNFCCC helped create innovative ideas in mitigating climate change like the Clean Development Mechanism (CDM) under which developing countries projects that reduce emission earn credits that can be sold to countries or companies with a commitment to reduce emissions. Since the establishment of United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, national governments have encouraged and increased cooperation on the development and transfer of technology. UNFCCC efforts support the developing countries in combating climate change by providing a platform for finance, technology transfer, discussion, global partnership, etc. Which brings us to the last topic. The last topic is little bit different, but it is a small topic. The topic is the Copenhagen Accord. In Copenhagen at COP15 in 2009 the COP was unable to adopt an agreement among all parties as Bolivia, Cuba, Peru and Venezuela opposed the text. The decision of the COP included a non-binding political statement. The Copenhagen Accord 
which began a true toward more explicit commitments by non-annex one parties to greenhouse gas mitigation under the U United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. The Copenhagen Accord specified that the annex one parties would implement quantified economy-wide greenhouse gas targets for 2020 in an agreed reporting format. Non-annex one parties to the UNFCCC would commit to implement mitigation actions to be submitted in an alternative agree agreed format. At least 43 Annex 1 parties, 15 parties including the United States plus the EU28 jointly submitting a pledge, and 47 non-Annex 1 parties had submitted non-binding pledges. While most countries participated, the pledges remained bifurcated by both the type of action and the reporting requirements. Among other differences, Annex 1 parties were to submit quantified economy-wide greenhouse gas emission targets for 2020 relative to a base year while non-annex one parties were to submit nationally appropriate mitigation actions with no associated dates. The submissions would be complied separately by the Secretariat of the, of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. So this, uh, this brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you guys like this episode of podcast. Keep following me on Twitter on Daily Climate Change News. And if you feel that I have to include something or if I have said something wrong, please do let me know via email ID given in the description below and check my website on climate change and technology which will be linked in the description as well as linked in my Twitter profile as well. So it really means a lot to me guys that you give so much time to listen to my podcast. It really means a lot to me. Keep supporting the channel. Keep sharing and keep showing your love. It really means a lot to me. Thank you everyone. And I will catch you guys up in the next episode of Talking Climate Change with Yashnegi. Until then, have fun, be safe, and God bless you all. Thank you.